Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? I've been hearing from more of you over the past few weeks as these podcast episodes seem to be coming home to land in your hearts and you have had the generous kindness to reach out and tell me how these episodes have been impacting you. I really feel like when I sit down to record these podcasts, I'm sending a love note into the world. One time years ago, I did a meditation where you're invited to go into the liminal space and to find your spirit weapon, the way that you bring the energy of your medicine into the world. And mine was the bow and arrow. And it took me a long time to understand what that meant. And it didn't fully click until I read Belonging, Remembering Ourselves Home by Tokopa Turner and her Black Sheep Gospel, one of which says to send our missives into the world. And that is what I feel like I do with these podcast episodes, like I'm sending my missives of love into the world, like an arrow shot into the sky. I'm not sure where it will land or if it will land, but when it does, I'm so filled with gratitude. So thank you kindly from the bottom of my heart to each of you who've sent me messages and little gifts in the mail and It's been um, just sort of a miracle to me that I've been able to make these connections all over the world. This week, I'm coming to you from a tender, tender place. There's an ache that I've found inside of me that is asking for a lot of my attention This ache has lived here for years, occasionally becoming unavoidable and sort of taking over periods of my life and then getting quiet again and I can go about my business. And this is my 40th year of life. So in December, I will turn 40 and I'm feeling so much like this is my time to attend to this ache, this call, before it takes me. 
You see, when we get to midlife as women, our unlived lives demand our attention. Until then, they give us dreams and subtle longings and slip into and out of our consciousness. But at midlife, when the universe sort of grabs us by the shoulders and says, it's time to get serious about this life. (laughs) Um, The parts of our life that we have ignored or suppressed or turned away from tend to become adamant and insistent. And if we still resist, they will come for our lives in, in ways that radically change and uproot the life we have created. I think this is also true for men, but I don't walk the journey of a man, so I don't understand it very well, how it works in their lives. But I have definitely seen this happen with women that I see as clients over and over and over again, and women that uh, I'm in relationship with in my life. And so this ache, it shows up in dreams It shows up in movies that I want to watch, um, in shows that I binge watch on television. It's this ache for freedom. In fact, this morning, um, every morning I pull a, a card, I light a candle, I do some devotional reading, and I pull a card to give me a sense of the day, to keep my soul pointed toward my North Star. And the deck that I'm using right now is Naomi Cornock's Old Ways deck. If you have not seen Naomi's work, I cannot recommend it highly enough. You can find her work online at gnomeart.com. That's N-O-M-E art.com. Naomi lives in the United Kingdom, very close to sacred sites there where she communes with the land and creates these amazing art pieces that bring to life the stories of our ancient forebears and ancestors. And the card that I pulled this morning is the freedom card, which is how I knew that this was going to be the topic of my podcast today. You see, some weeks I plan a really well-researched and elaborate episode for you all. And some weeks, like this one, I just show up at the microphone and see what happens. (laughs) And so this week, today, now, I'm sitting with you in this energy of freedom. And what does that mean? And how does freedom live in integrity and alignment with loyalty, with relationship, with collaboration and responsibility. How can we be free and show up for the people who depend on us? And this is the rub for us as women especially 
this point of friction and tension between our wild longing and how deep our love goes for the things and the people that we tend for our children, for our partners, for this land that we tend and love, for the work that we birth into the world. How do we remain loyal to what we love and remain loyal to our wild sovereignty, to our passion, our desire, the nectar of our lives? Is there a way that we can craft a life that takes that responsibility, the responsibility of tending our nectar, our wild juices, takes that as seriously and makes it as much a priority as getting the kids ready for school in the morning, as showing up to emotionally label labor with and for our partners. We know we all do that. That we take the same amount of time and effort to be with our dreams as we take to be with the dreams of our children. What might that look like? For me, it's been showing up in dreams for years as a forbidden love. There's this theme, this constantly unfurling theme of this forbidden love where I wait outside a door for my forbidden love to come so that we can be together just for the briefest moment before we have to part ways again or I catch the the eyes of my forbidden love across the room and there's a sense of knowing that there's a, a love there and then we move on. There's this this repeated theme of this call, this desire, this invitation that I cannot embrace, that I cannot make space for, but it keeps showing up. And then I'll go for months and months and I won't have any contact with this part of me. And so the work becomes spending time and efforts and asking for help to look into the eyes of this dream being that lives inside of the deep well of me to understand what this lover is asking of me, this aspect of myself who keeps coming again and again and again to invite me away on adventure. What does this part of me ask of me? Of course, there are other parts of me that are incredibly invested in my life staying just the way it is. <laughs> and so those parts of me tell me to run in the other direction. Don't trust that being, that dream being. It will destroy everything. I can't possibly follow the invitation of the dream lover and show up in my life in ways that are respectable and in integrity. 
And usually those parts of me win and I just walk away from the dream lover, sending it back on its adventure through time until I can't deny it anymore and the dreams start again. I once heard Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes talk about the mechanism of dreaming as the riddle mother, that there's this function in our psyche that creates riddles to invite and teach and guide and and to help us integrate life experience. And I love personifying this part of us as the riddle mother, this wise being who teaches in parables, much like many of our um, wisdom teachers in the perennial philosophy. Jesus was a parable teacher. Lao Tzu was a parable teacher. Many of the Zen teachers taught in parable. Um, And the, the dream mechanism does the same thing, gives us these koans, these these untieable knots uh, to work in our minds that change us and expand us. And so this dream, this fleeting moment of invitation to give myself to my longing, what does it ask of me? What does it ask of you? What would your life look like if you gave space for your longing? If you created a life where your dream lover was invited in, what would happen? How would you walk in the world in a way that is inviting and encouraging your nectar to flow. I've been sitting with a spiritual director and guide for the past 12 years or so every week (laughs) on Wednesdays. And she and I go into these deep realms together. And because we've been doing this so long, it's really easy to get in there deep because she knows the landscape. She knows the dream beings. She knows the symbols and what they mean to my soul and my psyche. And so the work becomes very, very efficient. And so uh, yesterday we were working with this dream beloved. Mm -hmm. And she asked me to name her the, the part of me that is making eye contact with this dream being the part of me, uh, that often dreams that she is stranded in high places and can't get down. Um, The part of me that feels unfledged, unseen, untended, like her needs don't matter. And so she can only just steal away moments of ecstasy and longing in the dream space. And so I named her Punky, or rather it felt like she named herself Punky which reminded me of Punky Brewster, this show I watched as a kid, but I couldn't remember the story. Who was Punky Brewster? I did a bit of research just to find out that Punky Brewster has a reboot, that the actress, Soleil Moonfry, has actually 
come back as an adult woman to restart the show um, and sort of carry on the mm-hmm. legacy of her child self. Living the, the healing of her orphaned child self as an empowered woman now caring for more foster children. And the timing felt so surreal. You know, she was a child actress um, as the star of Punky Brewster, and now she's come back as a woman to carry on that work. And here I am as a grown woman coming back to tend the part of me as a child who felt unheard and unseen and like her needs were not important. The universe works in such mysterious ways but it is always guiding us toward wholeness, toward integration, toward vastness. We are immeasurably large beings, just as much as there's an infinite universe without, into the stars and across the seas and onto the peaks of the mountains and the depths of the ocean. There is an infinitely large universe inside us, We are like a thin membrane where the vastness of the universe outside presses against the vastness of the universe inside. And everything that happens outside ripples through the universe within us. And everything that happens inside ripples through the universe outside of us. And so these dreams and dream beings and images that we see, they are part of this vast community of beings and energies that exist within us and outside of us. So just coming back to the question, how do we live with freedom and responsibility? How do we move in a way that honors our longing and honors our desire to care well for the things and people that we love? What is the key that unlocks a life that is open to our sovereignty and our belonging? Tokopa talks about hand-making a life. She talks about the competencies and the skills of belonging. She talks about learning and crafting our stories in a way that exemplifies and honors our uniqueness and our individuality and offers those things as gifts to the larger community so that we find our unique puzzle piece and how it fits into the needs and the life of our people and the place where we find ourselves and the work that we're here to do. It seems to me like this is our work, excavating the self, the needs of the self, the longing of the self, the desires of the self. And instead of hiding them away, bringing them out as gift, maybe unpolished at first, but finding people who can hold our 
vision with us, who can hold our dream with us, and help us complete the excavation. Help us dust away. Help us polish the parts that are still covered in the grime of being suppressed for so long. And then to help us find places to fit those desires and needs and longings into the larger tapestry of our lives as part of a community, as part of a larger ecosystem into which our unique gifts and needs belong. We have not had this modeled for us, and yet I know that it is possible. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me, and it's time to come back to life.